Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Welcome to Face Connecticut, an in-depth look at today's issues. Good morning and welcome to another edition of Face Connecticut on WTIC News Talk 1080, WTIC-FM and WTIC.com. We are pleased to be joined this Sunday morning by Hartford Police Sergeant Steve Austin talking about community policing and other matters. Good morning to you, sir. Hey, good morning, Aaron. Let's start with community policing and, in particular, Project Longevity, which is one of the tools Hartford Police have in their toolbox to help in community policing and quell gun violence. Yes, um, it's, it, it is one of the tools that we have in our toolbox. Uh, when we talk about longevity, it's a multi-pronged uh, assault. I, I hate to use that term, but it's a multi-pronged effort where we work with our social service agencies, we work with uh, our faith-based community, we work with our educational community, we work with business professionals, we work with almost anyone in our community who wants to see an end to gun violence. Longevity is something that we started in Hartford back in 2013. Um, We had our first official call-in, I think, in 2014, I'm not mistaken. Um, I've been with the initiative from the beginning, and uh, let me just back up a little bit. Longevity in itself, it, it's it's law enforcement, which obviously I'm a part of. But, uh, um, you know, we were more than just law enforcement. Law enforcement actually goes out and we, we, we look at individuals. We use data and uh, we look at individuals who have a history of gun violence, uh, who have either been the victims or perpetrators of uh, uh, gun violence, and we try to get them in a room, in a room, and we have a an honest conversation, and it's a conversation based on trust, because we're not coming in to threaten or do this and do that. We're coming in to have that honest conversation and say, "Hey, listen, guys, you know, we can't arrest our way out of these problems. We can't, uh, uh, you know, continue to incarcerate you guys at the rate that we ha- that you have been. Uh, we want to see the gun violence stop. So I, we don't want to go to any more vigils. We don't want to have." Uh, any more uh, crying moms and dads and grieving families. We want to tell you about what we're going to do as law enforcement. And what we're going to do as law enforcement, if you continue with gun violence, we're going to bring all our uh, collaborative efforts from not just the Harvard Police Department, but from our federal partners, uh, probation, parole, on the state side. Uh, we'll work with the uh, support enforcement, any and everybody we can will bring to bear down on you guys if you continue with gun violence. We don't want to do that. We have the capacity, but we don't want to do that. What we would like to do in the other two-thirds of our uh, of longevity, which is the three-pronged law enforcement community and faith, uh, we want to provide you guys with an outlet because we know we can't just continue to arrest you. So we, what do we do? What, what do we do? Um, we have to have come up with something other than just... Uh, incarceration. So one of the things that we did and, and uh, the great thing about longevity is there we have social service providers, we have uh, faith providers who are willing to work with us and helping these individuals out uh, 
helping them out with their lives, you know, helping them out uh, in terms of trying to get education, opportunity, educational opportunities, employment opportunities. Uh, if you have a mental health issue, we'll work with a mental health provider. Uh, we'll put you in touch with a substance abuse counselor if that's the uh, role you need. Uh, there's housing we can help out with. Uh, even something as simple as just getting an ID. Uh, I know that sounds kind of, uh, you know, when people hear it, it's just an, an, an ID. Yes, but a lot of guys coming home uh, from recent incarceration or, or who are reentering into society, getting an ID that allows them to go and get things done is very, very important. Um, so we try to look at everything and, and see what we can get different agencies to work with us to help these individuals and their families. Cause it's not just them, it's, you know, because when these guys uh, and young ladies uh, are out here in this community, it, it, there's, a, there's a, there's a ripple effect for everything. So when, uh, uh, when that person is shot or someone is the victim of gun violence, it doesn't just affect that victim. It affects a whole community, the family, the neighbors, the schools, the housing. You know, it's a ripple effect, and it goes out into the insurance industries with the cost. So it, it has long tentacles, and we want to cut those tentacles off. We want to make sure our community is vibrant. So, And how do we do that is by having conversations, like I said, honest conversations with those people who are most at risk for gun violence, Aaron. Is there a certain demographic that you're looking to reach? Well— Ideally, uh, longevity works with those 18 and above. However, we've found that, you know, the average age of our gun victim is 29 years old. So they're, they're a little older. And these are people we're seeing that we want to talk to them and have an honest conversation. And, and like I said, we're, we're trying to find opportunities because we, we know we can't continue to arrest them. We can't arrest our way out of this problem. And when longevity, it's when we say it's one, one thing in our toolbox— the whole community community policing model uh, goes around police legitimacy. Police legitimacy allowing us to go out and do our jobs. I know that when we have this conversation here at your, you know, on the radio and we talk about what we do and stuff, it allows the citizens to know that our our job is what you want us to be. You know, when we talk about the model that you want to see in your department, that's what you as a community, you tell us. What do you want to see enforced? What do you want to see uh, from your uh, law enforcement uh, uh, community here? We have a public ComStat, and, and basically ComStat is just where we give out uh, the statistics that happen in the community in terms of crime trends, because this is the information that we have where we want to be very transparent, and, and I think we've been very good at that, uh, putting out as much information as possible on any situation that happens within the department, what happened within the city. Uh, and when we have these community comp stats, we essentially invite anyone and everyone in and we tell them about all the trends that we see going on in the city, whether good, bad, indifferent, uh, we want you to be aware because now if you are aware of what's going on in your community, maybe you can help us, you know, uh, make your neighborhood just that much more safer and a safer community and safer neighborhood makes for a safer city and, one of the most important things in economic development is having the perception of safety. And I know investors would love to come into a great city like Hartford and look at the vibrancy, look at the uh, Harvard Yargos as a, a, as a uh, model who sold out every home game and voted one of the best minor league stadiums in the country. So you look at that and you look at what's all around there. And so businesses, if you're listening to me today, please come in, think about development and working, look at the area there. And we know we have the young millennials that that demographic that you want to, 
meet uh, the most. So please come on out. What trends are you you seeing recently that are either positive or areas where there could be some improvement or just uh, interesting information? Well, one of the things that we we have done, you know, when we talk about trends, um, you know, we're looking constantly to to always get better at what we do. We have technology now. We have a real-time crime center. We call it C4, uh, Capital City Crime Center. Uh, one of my colleagues, John O'Hare, who's a sergeant, and Sergeant Andrew Rodney, they they work there in the uh, crime center, and they, they work with analysts. And that's just using technology. And it helps us not just to, 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 to uh, keep crime to a minimum, but it also helps us in so many other ways and stuff. We, we look at the data. We look at the numbers. We analyze our shot spotter data. It's an audio uh, detect, shot uh, detection system that we uh, uh, em- employ. All these things will never replace an actual live officer because they can't go out and make that hand-to-hand shake, you know, come up and say hello to a, a mother or a father who is sitting on the porch and talk to kids. Um, we, we're looking to expand some of the things that we do right now currently. Um, as you may know, we talked about earlier, um, on Friday nights, for instance, we started with a uh, Friday night off the streets on the court basketball. And people said to me, well, why basketball? I said, well, basketball really was just a carrot to get the kids in the door. We're, we're, we're looking in some of our more challenging areas, more challenging neighborhoods. And what are these kids doing between the hours of like 6 p.m. and 1 a.m., 2 a.m. in the morning? This is a really tough time for a lot of kids, particularly in some of the neighborhoods that we have. Uh, in Hartford, and we wanted to find something where we can get them off the streets, get them involved in something constructive, allow them to see officers, but not just officers. We bring in all kinds of uh, uh, volunteers from the community, uh, people from the uh, business community, people from the faith community. We bring in uh, uh, guest coaches. I've had uh, Norman Bailey, who was a former UConn basketball player. He came in and spoke with the kids. We had uh, Tobias Caesar, who's the head coach over at the Master School. Uh, we've had... Uh, some business professionals from uh, UBS who are interested in coming in and talking to, and, and also not just talking to, but mentoring. And, and I think that's very, very important because as we put more and more things out there uh, for these young men and women, we're, we're showing them that there's a better way. There's opportunities out there outside of your neighborhood if you just take a hold of it. You know, we'll, we'll bring you to the water. That's what we did with the basketball. We got them in the gym. And now it's up to us to show and put different things out there. You know, because like, I can only imagine when you were in high school or you're a freshman in college and you're like, what am I going to major in? You don't really know. You do that first year. You kind of have an idea, but I mean, a lot of kids change majors between freshman and senior year. So I think it's important that we put information out there and then not browbeat them, but, you know, just kind of talk to them and mentor to them and, and let them kind of choose their own path. And when they do make a decision to choose that we have the information to have the things available to them and so they can kind of go in the right direction. Now, another prong of this is reaching out to the faith-based community. In fact, Hartford has a faith-based officer, probably on duty this morning. Oh, yeah, yep. Talk about that a little. Well, <laughs> we we do. Our, our faith-based officer, Officer John Rowe, he's a, he's a great individual. Actually, he's not working this morning, but he will be back tonight. He helps me out on Friday evenings. Um, he he works very, very closely with, with our faith, faith-based initiative. And the head of that is uh, Eli McCardle, um from New Life Worship Center over uh, on Mother Street. In essence, you know, one of the most important things that I've, I've seen is that when a community has faith, they have hope. 
because there's always going to be a day where it's kind of cloudy out and the sun's not shining and you may not want to get out of bed or you may not want to do something that you know you need to get done or it just seems like everything's just seeming against you. It's just, this is insurmountable, but you put someone there who has faith and they can talk to you and those individuals, they can inspire you. And when you are at your lowest is when they pick you up. And I think it's in, in imperative that we continue to have our faith involved with the community initiative that we're doing because uh, you look at the young men out there and young women and who were giving them a sense of spirituality and allowing them to choose which direction they want to go. And we don't advocate one religion over the other. It's non-denominational, but it, it, it's huge. It's huge. And they play a huge part of what we're doing. And in terms of helping the kids, they, they have toy drives. They, we do Halloween things. We do things for Thanksgiving. Uh, we did neighborhood cleanups. And, and this is all about bringing back community, a sense of pride in your own living area where you live at. When you have a sense of pride in your own neighborhood, you'll find that you don't want it to be messed up. You'll find that you don't want to see trash on the street. You'll find you want your schools to look the best. You want your kids to do the best. And, and these are the things that, that they're small little parts small pieces of the puzzle that as you put the pieces together, it starts to form a huge picture, a huge picture of collective neighbor. Uh, and that's what it is. One of the initiatives that we do with the uh, faith-based initiatives is a, is a program called Know Thy Neighbor, where essentially that's what we do. We go out and we meet our neighbors in our neighborhood because a lot of times uh, people don't even know the person who lives next door to them. But we encourage them to come out of their houses, know thy neighbor, talk to each other, be, you know, my brother's keeper. <laughs> to say, you know, to use that term. Uh, but it, it, it's huge because now, and then as law enforcement, when they see us working hand in hand with that community, working with the uh, faith base, working with uh, social service providers, working with employers to uh, try to help out with certain situations, they don't see us always as, hey, these guys are just in here to arrest us, enforce us, because that's not what, we're, what our real job is. Our job is, and I always say this first, is respect. Respect, protect, and serve because it's going to be very hard to protect and serve someone if you don't have respect for them. And I think respect is a two-way street. And when we start respecting the citizens of our communities that we serve, protection is not a problem. And that's what we're really there for in the end of the day anyway. You're listening to Face Connecticut. We are talking to Hartford Police Sergeant Steve Austin. I'm wondering with the opioid addiction crisis, have you had to change how you approach community policing at all? Well, with the opiate uh, crisis, uh, it, it it presents different challenges. Because once again, uh, we're looking at addiction as just what it is, and a disease. And we're com combating it that way. We have different programs that we're looking at to try to work with this. We we have a regional uh, uh, narcotics task force that we work with uh, from the various towns that all around us. I mean, Hartford, West Hartford, Enfield, South Windsor. And we convene this at our uh, crime center. And we share information not that we're looking to 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 go out and make some big drug bust. What we're trying to do is get a better understanding about what's really driving the opiate crisis and stuff. And how can we help prevent another death? Because at the end of the day, it's never pleasant when you have to contact the family and say, hey, is this your loved one? Is this uh, this person that we found? Are they related to you? We saw this ID. We want to make sure uh, you know who it is. But we're dealing with it through education through uh, 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 working with very closely with a hospital so we can monitor the progress of individuals because a lot of people who are, are, are addicted to opiates are not necessarily criminals. 
but they're sick and they need help. And uh, it's a tough road. Uh, it's never going to be easy. It's a, it's a, it's just like an alcoholic. It's like a lifelong battle. Um, you know, once you stop, you you have to constantly fight those demons and not try to backslide into that. And uh, it's a crisis that us as law enforcement. It's, it's, it's tough to deal with because we're out there working. We, we want to get drug dealers off the street, but we know that a lot of the uh, uh, people who are addicted to drugs uh, actually came from uh, prescription painkillers uh, based upon injuries they received or, or were addicted to. And then they, they can't afford it because their prescriptions got cut off. So what other cheaper way can they self-medicate? And then the, uh, that's where we had a problem with our heroin. But uh we're working very closely with a lot of different agencies to, you know, kind of work on that uh, whole opiate uh, addiction uh, crisis right now here in Hartford. And not, and like I said, not just in Hartford, but across the state. And I think it's a nationwide problem, too, because I think I heard President Trump just mention it uh, in one of his recent speeches. Do you have a sense that the crisis has peaked? I think awareness is what uh, is the most important thing. When, when, when your parents are aware when uh, employers are aware, when educators are aware, we can uh, look for signs. Um, and education, talking to kids at an early age, uh, making them aware about the effects, the harmful effects of, uh, of prescription pills or, or medicines that are very, very addictive. Even in the medical profession, uh, being aware of how much medicine you are prescribing to people because there are individuals who are, uh, uh, you know, self, self-addicting uh, type personalities and um, they tend to gravitate towards doctors and old doctor shop more or less to see who will prescribe the most pills. But, uh, I think education is the key on that one, Aaron. Uh, I like to think it, it's starting to plateau a little bit, but once again, um, it, it's going to take a, a, a diligent uh, law enforcement community. It's going to take uh, diligence on the terms of, and, and on the part of educators, parents, um, uh, the medical profession, um, we all play a huge part in this, and I don't think it's about shaming anybody. You know, it's, well, he's a drug addict. Why, why deal with him? It's about uh, lifting those up who are less fortunate than yourself. And uh, addiction is a disease. And you know, I, we, 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 we have cancer walks. We have uh, HIV walks. We have walks for and fundraisers for everything. So we want to make sure that the opioid addiction gets the same kind of uh, 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 light shined on it as well, so that we can combat it from multiple angles and from multiple. Uh, 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 perspectives going back to the friday night basketball yes what growth have you seen in this program and Mm -hmm. i'll give you an opportunity now Mm -hmm. if there's anything that you need from the community to make it even better what is that well we've we've seen phenomenal growth let me just say that uh i i'm i'm enthusiastic when i talk about this because uh we started back in july july 28th i'll never forget the date and I think we had that very first Friday evening, we had 41 kids, which, you know, we had just got the word out and we really wouldn't, That's pretty didn't good. Know, we didn't really didn't know what to expect. Since those original 41 kids came through those doors, we've had over 800 kids who have signed up at some point or another who've come through those doors on Friday evenings and participated in some of the programming that we have there. And it, it, it's been phenomenal. I think uh, the response from the community it can always be greater. We, we need help. We always need more, uh, whether it be resources, uh, uh, mentors, uh, educators, uh, faith, uh, community. We need people to come in and 
talk to these kids because we're not we're not we're not getting the kids who are a students we're not getting the honor roll students we're not getting uh uh um your kids that uh two-parent homes perfect families never been in any trouble these kids are on the cusp and um these are the kids who may talk back but these are the ones we want we want those kids who are a little rough around the edges those diamonds in the rough because we know that if we can uh, turn their lives around uh turn some of their lives around we can make a, a huge impact on the city of Hartford because these are going to be your future generation. These kids are going to grow up and be adults. And as they come into adulthood, the lessons and things they learn uh, while they were still juveniles or young kids, it, it's going to affect how they act as, a, as, as citizens here in the city of Hartford. And if there's any businesses out there that want to, you know, donate any resources or anything, uh, please contact me. Uh, is it right if I put my number out there? Absolutely. Okay, yeah, just my name is Sergeant Steve Austin. Just You can call me at 860-436-7323. Once again, my number is 860-436-7323. Uh, it's a great organization. It's a great situation, and uh, you'd be surprised at how many kids are, are, are getting uh, uh, something out of it because when I talk to them, one of the things that I'm simply always amazed by is that I ask them, well, why do you want to come on Fridays? We have nothing else to do, Sergeant. We'd rather be here. This is a safe place. You know, I'm, I'm glad you got this open. So please, 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 you know, continue it. So they're always looking for more. And we also feed kids, too. So we provide uh, pizza and, and water. Sometimes we'll get some juice or something extra. But uh, every week they get something to eat. Uh, we notice that kids were, and they're hungry, because I know some kids are not eating anywhere else. Um it, it, it's it's incredible to see the reaction of the families, though. Um, the parents that come in and, and they see uh, their kids participating in basketball. We've had some English literature uh, programs that we've done there. We've also had uh, uh, movies where we put up topical issues. We try to put movies on, on the screen that are topical so we can uh, go into discussions and start talking about challenges that, that, that you know, the individuals see themselves. Like, How would you act in this situation? What would you do? And then we start bringing stuff out of them, you know, getting information from them. And I think it's important that we engage them in those kind of conversations. And our last couple of minutes, yes, Hartford sir. police are still hiring, recruiting. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. Uh, our recruitment uh, department, uh, led by our Lieutenant Paul West, uh, is actively recruiting right now. Um, I, I don't know the actual deadline, but I think if you can get go on our website uh, or on our Facebook page, Hartford Police uh, Facebook page, you can find something out about the recruitment and the deadlines. Um, please, uh, it's a great time to do it. They're actually doing some uh, pre, uh, pre-testing pre uh, uh, workshops where applicants can come in and they can kind of look at the written exam. It's not the actual written exam, but it gives you an idea of what to prepare yourself for and how to work around some of the more challenging questions. Um and I know they also have some dates where they're going out and over at Buckley High School where they're going out and they're actually doing running and they're doing training uh, because there are some physical requirements that you have to be able to meet. We're not lowering the standards. I know someone asked me that before. I said, no, there's there's post rules or Connecticut police standards that we have to meet. And those individuals who are applying for the job have to meet those as well. Uh, those are state requirements that are written in stone. So I would encourage anyone and everyone who, who ever thought about a career in law enforcement, please come out. Harvard Police is, is a great place to work. 
We have so many different departments. We have so many different divisions. Whatever you like to do in law enforcement, I can guarantee you, you get a chance to do it here. But outside of that, it's just about working with a great bunch of individual uh, men and women who go out every single day, 24 hours a day, 365 days a year, and just just work incredibly hard for the city of Hartford. Uh, I'm proud to say that I'm a member of that uh, small fraternity and sorority uh, for the women out there. But I, I, I just want to tell you all who... who Want a great career? Please come on out to the Hartford Police Department. Contact Lieutenant Paul West or Officer Kelly Byerga, and um, you know they'll put you straight uh, in terms of uh, the recruitment and get on in there now. It's a great time. He is Hartford Police Sergeant Steve Austin. Thanks so much for joining us this morning, Aaron. Thank you for having us. Thanks thank for listening to Face Connecticut. I'm Aaron Kupak. Enjoy the balance of your weekend. Face Connecticut is a production of the News and Public Affairs Department of WTIC Radio. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 